has anybody ever been given a gift that you had no purpose for? There's a hand over here. Little hand. All I see is his hand, but he's raising it. <laughs> Amen. I, I can remember as a child, uh, some of my least favorite gifts were those of socks and underwear. Why would somebody, I don't need this. I, I read that, uh, I actually had the stats here close by, but I read that over 50% of gifts given that are clothes, clothes gifts are returned. 54% are returned. And it did say men are more prone to return than women, and I would say that's absolutely true in my house. It's a little easier now because of Amazon. Uh, we, we return things. We, get, we really figured out that trip to, to the UPS store. But, uh, you know, I, I, I was talking to a friend of mine, and we were talking about this service, and I asked him, you know, what he was thinking about preaching, and he gave me this title, and he asked me to help him write a sermon. And so my original intent in meditating on this was just to be a, a help and a blessing to my friend. But as I began to meditate on it, I, I I wrote this message, and I sent him later, a few days, I'm like, well, what do you got? He said, I don't have anything. I'm like, well, that was, that was a lot of help. Uh, but I, I really felt like this this really spoke to me, and I pray that it will speak to you today. In Matthew chapter 14 and verse 19, speaking of the... 5,000 that were hungry. In Jesus, 14 and 19, in Jesus, and he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass, and he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke it, and gave the loaves to his disciples, and the disciples to the multitude. Amen. Father, we love you today. I pray, Lord Jesus, that this wouldn't simply be a mental exercise of words, Lord Jesus, or just simply the words and thoughts of a man. I pray, God, that you'd breathe in this and cause it to be a blessing to us. Amen. In the Old Covenant, specifically the promise of Abraham, much of that when it was communicated by Moses to the children of Israel as they were in Egypt and as they were delivered from Egypt and they were in uh, the wilderness of wandering. Uh, there, it was a, a promise of conquest, a promise of victory, a promise that was given them that had to do in simple terms, a promise of prosperity. They would, they would uh, uh, eat fruit from trees they didn't plant. They would uh, drink from wells they didn't dig. They would live in houses they didn't build. And it was a promise that would be, a, a not just for the moment, but it would be a multi-generational blessing that was tangible, that was uh, felt, if you will. Because in the Old Testament... It was a, a, a realm 
where the, the, the spirit man, to a great degree, was not alive. When Adam and Eve fell, they, 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 there was a part of, of our original creation that ceased to exist. And we see that in the new covenant, we were given a, a new opportunity to live in a realm of the spirit that, that, that was very significantly different than what was available in the Old Testament. And so in the Old Testament, they, they were physical things. They were tangible things. And in the New Testament, no doubt, we do enjoy an access to physical blessings. And we do experience God's favor in our life. And that does translate oftentimes to things that we ride in and things that we wear and places we live. Uh, the blessings of the Lord are real and tangible. Uh, but I would say to you that, that the real significant difference in the promise and purpose and blessings of God in this new covenant are not simply things that we partake in personally. In, in the text that I read to you, it is uh, one of my favorite stories of the miraculous in which Jesus did in his ministry. Jesus had been teaching the multitude and they were in a place where uh, they were removed from the city. There was no uh, at hand uh, food to eat and, and, and the disciples said we need to send them off. They're, 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 they're tired and they're hungry and they, we need it for their own safety. They, we need to let them go. And Jesus looked at them and said well what do you have? And they did a search amongst the disciples. And, and I, I believe the little boy that had a lunch was probably uh, some of the closer that followed with Jesus. And it seems that in all of the multitude there was but one boy whose mother packed a lunch. Because I just, I give moms credit for thinking about their children having food to eat. Can somebody say amen? And she packed a good lunch for the boy. It wasn't just a few nabs. Five loaves and two fish. I would think this is a boy on the healthier side. <laughs> Come on, somebody, talk to me now. This little boy had a big lunch. Five loaves and two fish. And granted, if you were to... to subdivide that among the 12 disciples, that was probably just a very small snack. Jesus said, the Bible says that Jesus took that and he blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it to the disciples. And I believe the miracle of the multiplication that took place in feeding the multitude did not happen in the hands of Jesus but rather it happened in the hands of his disciples. And I can just imagine how incredible that had to be that as they were dealing with the, the 5,000 sitting in companies of 50, that would be how many companies, all my math wizards out there, how many companies of 50 would that be? 50 times 100 would be, would that be 5,000? Yeah? Okay, good. I've got, I've, got, I've got at least one somebody back there nodding their head. 
So you got 12 disciples, so they essentially had about eight groups of 50 to serve, round numbers. And so as they're breaking off their handful of the bread and the fish Jesus gave to them, in the process of them breaking it off and dispersing it one one, one, and no doubt this didn't happen quickly. It, it took some time. You got to imagine just the awesome experience to see a handful of food that Jesus put in your hand not ever cease to stop. It didn't stop. It didn't stop till they got to the last little boy or the last little girl. And when they gave the last of it, Maybe they still had a handful for themselves. But imagine with me when Jesus told them to pick up the fragments. What started out as a handful for the disciples, when they went and picked it up from the ground, it was a basketful. And to me, that, that exemplifies what I believe could be maybe the greatest revelations we could ever receive is when we allow God to use our handful to minister the people around us that when it's all said and done and we pick up what's left for ourselves God transforms our handful and we have left a basketful. Somebody say praise God. It is, it is the gift to re-gift. Because the New Testament blessing isn't simply that we would be vessels in which God pours in, but rather we are vessels from which the blessings pour out. Jesus said in John 7 and 38, He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. We're not just simply a vessel in which we put out, put underneath the spout where the glory comes out, but we are vessels that from our faith in Jesus Christ, we become a spout where the glory comes out. We become a fount where the blessings can flow. And when we realize that this isn't just about me and mine, but this is about God and His, and when we yield our vessels to be a part of his purpose, we will not just be blessed with a handful of God's miraculous, but he will give us a basket full that we can walk with in our mind and walk with in our heart. Two chapters later, the Bible says they had the exact situation happen. They've got a crowd of people and they're hungry and they have the same situation. And Jesus looks at them and says, have you forgotten what I just did a few weeks ago, a few chapters ago when I fed the multitude? It's not about whether you have a little boy with a bag and a lunch, but are you willing to put your hand into the hand of the man that multiplies the fish and the loaves? It's not what we have to bring, but it's what God puts in our hand that we're willing to give. It is the revelation that we understand that the gift God gives us is able to meet the need in the lives of other people. 
Brother BJ preached a wonderful message last Sunday in Acts 20 and verse 35. Uh, uh, it, it reads, I have showed you all things that so labor and you ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. First Corinthians 12, 2 and 12 says, says now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us. There is a very basic principle, and it's true the world over. If you are struggling... If you can find someone else that's struggling and try to help them with their issue, that in the process of trying to help others, you yourself find peace, that you're helping them. If you're discouraged, if, if you can be able to look and find someone else that is discouraged, in the process of trying to encourage other people, you yourself is encouraged. How many times in our life have we known maybe some of the greatest people that we have respected and held in such high regard? We can look at their life and look at their situation and maybe physical problems that they're having in their body. Oftentimes they are the ones that are busy about trying to encourage or trying to help or trying to heal someone else. And, and, and there is a, there's a revelation to be found that that is not simply to be the, 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 the birthright of a few special people, but it is the birthright of everyone that has been born again. Because the true principle of this of ministering to those that are in need, even when you are in need, is because when you've been born again, you've been given access to a resource that's not yours. It's not my strength. It's not my wisdom. It's not, it's not my words. It's not my faith. It's not my grace. But when you've been born again, you've been given access to, to a resource that even as Jesus said, not to be redundant, but, but to, to re repeat it, to say, he that believeth on me as the scripture has said, out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. Romans 12, beginning with verse 1. Brother Ron, would you read for me? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. A very familiar scripture. That... that Paul, writing to this church, he's telling them because of the mercy of God, what God has done for you, that should help you to present your body, your, your, your life, the, the essence and the outflow of, of, of all that you are, that, that, that living, that breathing, that moving, that walking is not simply existing, but it is a living form of worship, a form of sacrifice, and that sacrifice is wholly acceptable unto God, it tells us what it is your reasonable service. Go ahead, read. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. There is a great, 
I won't call it temptation. It is a great reality that we face, that we, we naturally respond to the pressures around us. We naturally, we requires no effort on my part to be conformed to the situations in our life, to react to the pressures, to respond to the words, to, to, to be always just responding to what is happening around us. We conform, we, we, we reflect what is coming from us. But Jesus, when he has given us access and we've been born again, he's transformed us. Many of you remember when the Lord touched your heart and transformed your mind. But just because Jesus transformed me at the young age of six years old, amen, and I am now just a you know a little bit beyond that, just 45 years or so beyond that, I have had many opportunities uh, uh, to drift away from that quick and alive and transformation I, I have still to this day you know I could I could entertain the question and ask myself how many times have I prayed through how many times have I repented of my sins how many times have I had to ask the Lord to forgive me for my wrongs, and uh, I, I don't think I could count it, right? No doubt there have been times it's been too far of a distance from the time that I have prayed through. There, there have been too many days, too many weeks, there's been too many months that I didn't really fully repent of whatever issue it was that I was dealing with in my life, but finally... Through the grace of God, the kindness of God, he, he led me yet once again to an altar of repentance that I could raise my hands and say once again, Lord, forgive me, help me, renew me, lead me. Amen? And that's what Paul is saying. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? Because we are we are faced with decisions we have to make that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We have to make decisions. Not all of them are buying a house big decisions. They're not all of them moving to a new city decisions. But, but at the end of the day, most of the problems we have, they spring from little decisions that we made without prayer that let us make other decisions, and before long we're making these huge decisions without even an idea of what is the will of God. But if we understand the need for us to be transformed, verse 3. I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Amen. Keep reading. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, 
whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Our ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Okay, so I, I want to just recognize that what Paul is talking about there are things that we do for others. Prophesying is not about people looking at me and saying, wow, that was beautiful. Right? Uh, 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 if, if you are giving, it's, it's not so somebody would say, wow, that's a lot. All of these things that we do, we do it as according to the proportion of faith and what God has given us. And it's, a, it's about the edification of the body that I'm a part of. I am connected to the body. Amen? And, and, and my purpose isn't just to figure out how I can get Brother Billy to come fix something at my house. I do have something I need for you to do when you get through with next 2024, right? Right? It, it, it's, it's about that, that when we recognize God has given us a measure of faith, the measure of faith isn't so I can speak things into existence for myself. It's so that the Lord could use me to speak things in existence for other people, to give a word of prophecy, to give a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. It is for the edification of the body of Christ. Go ahead, keep reading. I'm going to get through this. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love. In honor, preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. Continuing instant in prayer. Distributing to the necessity of saints given to hospitality hospitality bless them which persecute you bless and curse not rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep be of the same mind one toward another mind not high things but condescend to men of low estate be not wise in your own conceits recompense to no man evil for evil provide things honest in the sight of all men if it be possible as much as lieth in you live peaceably with all men Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. The greatest blessing that I will ever experience on this side of heaven is when and if and those times I realize that I am a part of God's solution for someone else. I am a part of God's plan for someone else. You've heard it said, we are his voice, we are his hands, we are his feet. And that's not just a, 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 a nifty saying, it is in actuality the desire of God, that God has blessed us with so much. Come here, Brother Ryan, I want you to help me. Amen. Illustration time. Now, I, I want you to imagine with me that this 
is a gold-encrusted, diamond-embedded box that is full of the glory of God. And I want to proverbially, this is my wife's, you can't keep it. I know you're looking at this thing and saying, man, I want that. But I I give this to you, okay? So I I want you to, can you figure out how to open that? Y'all pray right now. Sometimes trying to figure out what God gives us, it's kind of hard. How's this work? Oh, I've nearly dropped things God gave me before too. There we go. So you open that box, and lo and behold, there's another box. I want you to take that box out. There you go. Now I want you to go give that. You open that up and you think, wow, the Lord has given me a word. I want you to give that word to Brother BJ. Brother BJ, this is yet another gold encrusted diamond studded box, right? And you're praying and you realize this isn't just some closed thing. You, you, you open it up. See if you can open it up. You open it up. What do you find in there? Oh, it's. And, and the Lord has given you. You, the Lord's given you just this, this, this message of encouragement and, and you feel led to go give that to, to Brother Keaton. You go over there. Amen. I want, you to, I want you to just imagine that each one of these are incredibly huge blessings. And, and Brother Keaton's looking at it. If you notice, there's, there's a lid on there, Brother Keaton. Let's see if you can open it. Uh, he's a smart kid. Sometimes the Lord has to put somebody in our life that helps us to open. Oh, look, look. Lo and behold, and you're praying, and, and the Lord gives you a word to call your grandmother. And, 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 and you, give her, you give her something that the Lord's given you, and, and she gets that. Are, are y'all picking up what I'm laying down? Brother Dwayne, I want you to come up here. Okay. Sister Cherie, why don't you come get this... Uh, yeah. There you go. Y'all, 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 y'all understand what I'm saying? When the Lord gives us something, when we understand that really what God has given us, it is a gift that, that the, the power of the miracle happens in our hands. And when we will extend ourselves out to be a blessing to someone else, you see the miracle that what is so real for you is just as real for them. Let's stand together. I'm done. And so today, just a simple Christmas, day after Christmas message, <clears throat> the greatest gift that God has ever given mankind outside of himself is the Holy Ghost. That impartation, that outpouring of His Spirit that causes us to see things we could never see without it, to feel things we could never feel without, and able able to see beyond ourselves. Jesus said, If any man come after me and desire to be my disciple, he must first... What's it say? I must first deny myself. 
I must be willing to take up my cross and I must be willing to follow him. And today I just want you to know that what God has given you, I know the Lord's blessed you. I know the Lord's been merciful to you. The Lord's forgiven you. And the thing I would like, if I could give you a gift today, is to help you to understand that the Lord would say to you, lift up your eyes. Look beyond yourself. Because nothing... I remember when I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Anybody else remember that? And I am of the opinion that there is only one experience greater than that. And it is when I am there when somebody else receives the gift for the first time. Or I've witnessed to someone. I've taught a Bible study with someone. I've prayed for someone. And I am there when their miracle happens. The other day, we were in the hallway, and my dad was talking. Brother Ryan looked at me and said, Your dad's voice is sounding so much better. That's a miracle. Amen. It's his miracle, but I'm excited because we've been praying the Lord to touch his voice, and he's probably ready to sing. Huh? You are, See there? Amen. Can we pray, Father, we love you today. Open my eyes to see. Open my heart, Lord Jesus, to perceive. Open my ears to hear. Help me, oh God, to be a part of someone else's miracle. Lord God, I pray that in this this building, Lord, in this church family, God, that in this coming year, Lord God, help us to see the gift inside the gift. Help us to see the miracle that is in our hand waiting to be multiplied. I pray it in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord God, for your wonderful people. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for my precious family. I thank you, Lord God, for all of the many blessing upon top of blessing upon top of blessing, gift inside gift inside gift, all the things that you've given us, Lord. And we thank you for it today. Jesus, I pray that the coming year, oh God, Lord Jesus, that you would give us insight, that you would give us wisdom, that you would give us revelation, that you would give us a word of prophecy, Lord, a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, Lord, the discerning of spirits, the gifts of healing, Lord. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you, oh God, would help us to truly, Lord God, maybe like never before, to be your hands, to be your feet, to be your voice. Lord Jesus, to those that we meet, those we know, those that we love, that need what you've given us. Help us, Lord Jesus, to rediscover the miraculous power of ministering to others. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.